So I'm somewhat of a Johnny Cash fan. And uh, when I'm in a certain mood or when I'm driving, love to turn it on, sing along. Any other Johnny Cash fans? Okay, number you. Okay, good. You'll like this. So um, he's got this song called uh, One Piece at a Time, about a man who goes to work at a, a car factory assembling Cadillacs and uh, desires so much to one day own one of these beautiful cars, but knows that he can't afford it. So comes up with a plan to, uh, from the factory to steal one part at a time take them home with him to build his dream car. And so um, this is the lyrics go like this. says, I've never considered myself a thief, but GM wouldn't miss just one little piece, especially if I strung it out over several years. The little things I could get in my big lunchbox, like nuts and bolts and all four shocks, but the big stuff we snuck out in my buddy's mobile home. So this person over many years is assembling all one piece at a time uh, parts from the factory to build the car. So here's how it goes. Now up, up to now my plan went all right till we tried to put it all together one night and that's when we noticed that something was definitely wrong. The transmission was a 53 and the motor turned out to be a 73 and when we tried to put in the bolts all the holes were gone. So we drilled it out so that it would fit, and with a little bit of help, with an adapter kit, we had that engine running just like a song. Now the headlight was another sight, two on the left and one on the right, but when we pulled out the switch, all three of them come on. The back end looked kind of funny too, but we put it together, and when we were through, well, that's when we noticed we only had one tail fin. And, and about that time, my wife walked out, and I could see in her eyes that she had her doubts, but she opened the door and said, Honey, take me for a spin. So uh, all the parts were put together over a number of years, and they got this uh, car built, but they had to actually take it out on the road, and the song continues. People are seeing this automobile, and they're laughing at it, and then they go to try to register it, and how do you... Uh, make a title for this type of a car, and it was a big disaster. But uh, essentially, that's the outline of this text that was read for us today. <laughs> the church, followers of Jesus, at our core, we are a lot of pieces that, are, that come together. Uh, not a machine, but a body. Then that body needs to operate. It needs to actually walk down the street. And unlike the awkward automobile from the Johnny Cash song, we, uh, all the parts coming together as a body, are actually quite beautiful. And we can do amazing things together as we live out what it means to be that body, all the pieces brought together. Uh, we've been journeying through this sermon series called Discovering Church. We're discovering or rediscovering what does it mean for us to be a church. What does it mean to be a local church? What does it mean to be God's people together? And I, I think it's a good timing for this. There's a lot of people who are either new to church life, exploring faith in, in, a, in a community like this, or it's been a very long time, you know, many of years before reconnecting with the church. So great to really understand what is this really? What are we trying to do together? Also, for those who have been around for a long time and you, you love church, it's just very much second nature to you, it's, it's good for us to step back and say, wait a minute, what did God really design this to be? And are we living it out? And how do we need, what um, maybe corrections do we need to make? What kind of course correction to really live into that? Because 
as we discover church, we realize that this is not a human institution, that this is the design of God. And as we live it out, it's going to bring him glory. It's going to bless our world, and it's going to benefit each other as well. And so this is very important, very central to our way of life together. So let's pray as we look at this. So Father God, we thank you as we continue uh, this journey with your word as a community. Lord, give us insight. Help us to grow today. Help us to know um, perhaps in more and meaning, more meaningful ways what this is to be your people, Lord. We fall short of your um, good intention, and yet uh, your grace is sufficient to help us to, uh, to move forward and, and to grow. So we pray that you would teach us during this time. We commit it to you and ourselves to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So I want to consider this in, in uh, two parts. That we are, first of all, that we are members of a body, and then secondly, that that body is a body in motion and what that looks like. So first, members of a body. Now, for those who were here last week, we talked about members and membership, and we talked about how membership is kind of a club word. You're, you join a club, you become a member, but that the church, that Jesus' church is not about members of a, a club, it's more like citizens of a kingdom, of a nation, and that the local church then becomes sort of an outpost or a, a representation of that nation within our, the world that we live in. Today we're using the same word member and talking about membership, but we're talking about members of a, of a body, that we're, we're body parts. That's the Bible's image. Verse 5 states it very clearly. In Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. It's, it's just this beautiful picture of a mutual interdependence, that, that there are, there's diversity, but there's this beautiful unity brought together, one body. And what a powerful statement. Look at this verse. It says, each member belongs to all the others. So if, it, if we're serious about this, and we are in a body together, that you belong to me, and I belong to you. That's a very, that's very strong language, that we have a mutual claim on each other's lives. Uh, there, this, however, is in many ways a countercultural kind of an image. We live in a very, you know, independent, individualistic society, and even um, spiritual people and people of faith uh, avoid this kind of image. Uh, two groups specifically: uh, the first, I'll call the spiritual but not religious crowd. I don't know if you've ever heard somebody describe themselves that way, or maybe you've described yourself that way. Yo, I, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. Meaning, I'm interested in spiritual things, but I'm not interested in a, a church or any kind of organized expression of that. In fact, some of those um, you know, traditional religious practices and gatherings are uh, not helpful. They're even harmful in our world, that some people might say. <clears throat> I heard, once heard it said, this spiritual but not religious crowd is like somebody saying, you know, I'm really interested in coffee, but I want nothing to do with Starbucks. I'll never go. I'll intentionally drive by and not explore that. It's, um, God has designed us not only to be connected to him, but connected vitally to one another in community. The, the other group I would call the I love Jesus but not the church group. And these are folks who say, oh, um, not only am I spiritual, but I, I feel connected to God through Jesus Christ, through what he did on the cross. And it's, it's, I'm, I am connected vitally to Jesus, but I don't like 
you know, so I, I love God, but I, this human institution of the church, I, it's not for me. It's done too much harm in the past. It's, it's just dysfunctional or hypocritical, and I, I don't love, you know, I love Jesus, but not the church. The problem with that is that Jesus loves the church. You're saying, I love Jesus, but I don't love the things that Jesus loves. And this human institution of the church that you don't like is not a human institution. It's God's design. Jesus said, I'm building my church. And then to his, his disciples, he said, I'm giving you the keys. You're going to continue to build it when I'm gone. This is, this is his plan. And if you love Jesus but not the church, you're going against Jesus' plan. And also, God's word does not teach this love Jesus but not the church kind of thing. It, it's a, there's a major disconnect between God's word and that type of a belief. The image and what we need to grasp is this, that we are one body vitally connected to one another. And a beautiful part of this image we see in verses 4 and 5. Verse 4 talks about different functions of each member. Verse 5 talks about different gifts, that each piece of this body is necessary to do its part. The gifts, the gifts listed here, let me just reread this. Verse 6 says, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, give encouragement. If it's giving, give generously. If it's to lead, lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. If you're to summarize this, to say, look, if you're part of the body, God has gifted you to have a specific function, something that you're going to contribute to the whole, and you need to do it. If your gift is prophecy, meaning uh, God gives you a message to speak, you need to, you need to speak it into the context which he's calling you to speak it. If it's serving, then Serve. If, if in, this, in our church, there's pl- lots of places uh, to get involved and to be a servant. Teaching, opportunities to teach and ministry and um, kids' ministry and all kinds of places. Encour- Some people say, well, I'm not an upfront person. That's not me. But behind the scenes, to be an encourager and to build others up. Some people just have the gift of generosity and giving, and they just want to bless through their gifts. And, and they need to be giving. They need to be doing that. Leaders need to be leading. People who t- can show mercy and be involved in mercy ministries, do it. <laughs> Is, do it cheerfully. Just get at it. Be your part of the body. Because it won't function right if each part isn't doing its, its piece. We take this very seriously here at the church. Um, when, if you come to our, our membership class and we talk about what it means to be a member of this church, we spend a lot of time on finding, discovering your spiritual gifts, your place of service, and so that you can get at it and contribute in that way. We only have like four main expectations of what it means to be a member of Free Christian Church. The first is that you're a Christian, you agree to our statement of faith, you know, that we follow Jesus and we believe the Bible. Here's a summary statement. Yes, I agree to that. That's one. The second is that we worship together regularly, that we are committed to being a community. The third commitment of membership is to support the church together, that we're all in it together, support financially and by serving. And the fourth expectation is that you know your spiritual gifts, that that we would each understand and use our gifts in service both to the church and to our world. Because when you understand your part of the body, remember, we're God's body when we gather like this, but we're still his body when we scatter. And you can use it in your place of work. 
You can use your gifts in your home. You can use this gift in the context of a church ministry in all these places. But we need to know it, and we need to use it. We would love to help you find and understand and exercise your special gifting, your part in the body. And I think for, for any church, or if you're, let's say you're just sort of exploring free Christian church, you know, do I want to connect with these people or not? Or you're, if you look at any church, you, the, the right question to go in with isn't how will this community or how will this church bless me or meet my needs? Can this church meet my needs? The question we should be asking is how can, how can I be a blessing to others? How can I be part of something where I am contributing and using my gifts for others? In understanding who we are in this way, we're just following God. We're just, we're just following our Lord Jesus who said, I have come not to be served, but to serve. And to give my life as a ransom for many. And that's what Jesus did. He gave his life on behalf of his people. Jesus, with all the authority, Jesus created all things, comes into the world he created to serve it. If that's how the God who created us is, if that's his heart, then we are just following in his way by taking what he's given us and using it to serve and to bless and to be part of what he's calling us to do as his body. We're just following after Jesus. So that's the first part, that we are members of a, a body together. Secondly, then, this body needs to then move. All the parts of the car get assembled in, and now it's got to go down the street, and people are going to see it. People are going to notice it. So this is the body in action, and that's really verses 9 through 16 here. I'm going to just walk through these verses. And it's really all just about love. But specifically, this is what it looks like. Verse 9. Let's go verse 9 and following here. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. We are a people who believe that we live in a world where there is genuine good and there is genuine evil. And that God can give us discernment to understand what is good and what is evil. And we need to cling to that which is good and promote that which is good. And avoid and, and seek to do away with that which is evil. When we gathered at the picnic a couple weeks ago, we, we were talking about the armor of God. We're people who get up in the morning and believe that there is a spiritual battle in our world. It's a battle between light and darkness, between good and evil, and we're part of it. And we need to be equipped to pursue that which is good. Verse 10, be devoted to one another in love. You know, at the heart of this, that there's devotion, that we're committed to each other as we live this way of life. So we use the analogy of, of uh, dating here. So there's a time in church life, time to check out a church. Like, oh, look at that church. Let's see. And then there's a, the dating. You know, so let's... let's uh, Let's go again. Let's see how this goes. And it's kind of progressing. But there comes a point. It's like, hey, you've got to make a commitment. You know, the dating period's over. It's time to exchange vows. And, and that's the, so we'd have membership vows and that sort of thing. Um, anyway, if that's a helpful image, then great. If not, just. Some people are just happy to date for a really long time. Like, oh, I'll just date forever. We're good, you know. But no, it's time to commit. Um, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Now, genuinely, we can be people who honor others above ourselves because of Jesus. Because God, our example, um, 
helps us to know that we are part of his body, that we are part of God's family, not because we've accomplished anything good, not because we're better than anyone else, only because we know that we are fallen human beings, that we are sinful, that we have strayed from God's way, and it's only by his grace and only by his mercy that we are adopted back into his family. And therefore, I, I'm not better than anyone else. You know, there's no, that kind of love and acceptance, it destroys prejudice, it destroys any kind of pride I have because of my background or my race or my class or my vocation or anything that I have, I realize that who I am is because God has saved me. So therefore, I can look at others and say, I'm going to, I'm no better than you. I'm going to honor you even for myself. And again, Jesus, who came and, and gave up his heavenly crown to serve and to walk and to give his life. And this, this is the pattern that we follow after. In verse 11, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. This is an important one. And I think, honestly, I think we've been in a season where we've been a little hesitant. We've been cautious. We're coming out of the, coming out of the pandemic and just slow to restart things or slow to re-engage. You know, I was so busy before and then everything was upset. And now I'm looking forward and things seem unstable and financially and politically and all in here and there. Everything just seems kind of chaotic. I'm just going to hold back. And here, the, the command is to, no, no, don't play it safe. Be zealous. You know, keep your fervor. Go serve the Lord. Just keep on serving. Don't hold back. And maybe this is a season for you to re-engage uh, to serve in that way. Verse 12, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. This is about authenticity. This is, a, this is not a good place to come and be fake and to pretend. We are as a body, we are people who, yes, we, we have joy, we have hope, but we have affliction. We have the things that weigh on us, the things that we've experienced the, the sadness and the traumas and the troubles of life. And we are a people who are committed to walking through those things in prayer together. That we are seeking the Lord. That we don't always understand his ways. We don't have it all together, but God does. You may come here and say, look at all these beautiful people. Everybody's got it all together. All these wonderful families. All these great people. You know, I don't really fit. We do not have it all together. We may look that way sometimes. You'd look okay right now. <laughs> but we all carry with us things that we need to be patient in the affliction. And you're not alone in your pain. But we're going to walk through it together. And we're going to be real about that, authentic about that. Verse 13, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. This is one of the beautiful things about this way of life. Because this kind of thing happens behind the scenes. People opening their homes sharing joys and celebrations and food and uh, money and resources and time and prayer and just, just serving one another as each has a need and just walking together in that way. Verse 14, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. We as a body, are, we're not about cursing and condemning we're about blessing even those who are against us. Yes, we, we cling to what is good. We hate what is evil. But there are groups of Christians who are just kind of famous for just for cursing and just everything that they're against. And we say, you know what? We're going to take a stand for what we're about. It's about Jesus. 
It's about knowing him. It's about receiving his forgiveness because we've all sinned and fallen short. And we all need his grace and mercy. So that we're not going to just be people who are just out complaining and cursing everything in the world. But we're going to be a blessing in a very broken world. Still hating what is evil, but living as a blessing. Especially to those who persecute us. Because again, I'm no better than the next person. right? I am only here because of the grace of God. And I want you to know the grace of God too. I, want, I will pray the blessing that you would know the Lord. Verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. We can genuinely be happy when people are happy. We can share joys. And, if, and when somebody's hurting and when somebody's mourning, it's, it's as if it happened to, to me too, that we're going through it together. Verse 16, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. That's a, that's a mouthful, but it's the, same, uh, it's the same verb three times. It's, it's about thinking, the verb to think or understand or have an opinion. So it's basically think the same or think harmoniously. Uh, think not highly, too highly of yourself. Associate with um, uh, people of low position. And do not be conceited, basically. Do not always be thinking about yourself. So think harmoniously, don't think too high of yourself, and don't think of yourself constantly. And again, it was, it's our Lord Jesus who, um, again, as Philippians teaches, that even though he was God, Jesus didn't consider his equality with God the Father something for his own advantage but made himself nothing and took on the form of a servant and made himself obedient even to death on a cross. That that status that he had, he laid it down for us. Again, this is just, this whole, all these commands are just about being for each other what Jesus was for us. And that's what we're called to be. We, we as, as a body, living that out together. So that's what it looks like. Um, how do we apply this? So one, yes, during this season, we are asking people to consider, would you want to join uh, as a member of the church? We've got a discovery course, October 23rd, Sunday afternoon. Um, so we invite you to join us for that. Oh, there's no Patriots game that day, huh? Seems like, we almost, <laughs> seems like we almost planned it that way. It's like we've done fall courses on Sunday afternoons before. So anyway, learned a thing or two over these 20 years. Okay, so um, yeah, so consider taking that, learn more, you, you, learn, you know, Learn more about the church. Also, we're asking everybody who is already a member to reaffirm that commitment, that this is a season where we're together saying, yes, I am still committed to these things, and we're going to live it out, committing to live it out together. And we have a, a you know, gives us a direct contact with every member of the church uh, to do that. So uh, there was an email that went out late last week. Definitely look at that. Click through it. We'll be back in touch with you if we don't hear from you. We just want to be in touch with everybody in this way. Um, the other thing, though, is, you know, when you get a list of, sort of a list of commands like this, um, was there 11 or 12 imperatives there? There was a lot. That there may be one that God is impressing on your heart that he wants you to grow in, that he wants to you know, push you in, in a good direction because he loves you. And so, and I believe that God's word has power in itself and that 
as I read it, that God is using it and working that in your heart. So what I want to do is I'm just going to read through these verses again. And I'm just going to read them through slowly. And I'm just going to invite you to invite God to show you which of these things maybe he, he wants you to notice. One of these words might just shine for you. It might strike you as I read it. So I'm just going to take a minute. I invite you to just, if you want to just close your eyes and maybe bow your head. And I'm just going to read through this again slowly. And just listen for that, the one that maybe jumps out to you. And then I'll pray for you. It's God's word. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. As God reveals to you what he wants to reveal, and as I pray for you now, this is not just a matter of hearing these words and just trying harder, but seeking the grace of God, understanding the heart of God to motivate you to that which is truly good and pleasing to him. Father God, I thank you that you speak to us through your word. Above all else, Father, we thank you for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who lived this out for us perfectly who gave his life, who served us perfectly, whose love was an action ultimately. Lord, help us to see that this way of life is just being towards each other and being towards our world the way that you were to us. And Father, as your word says, that this is how you, God, showed your love among us you sent your one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved you, God, but that you loved us, sent your son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Since you, God, so loved us, we, ought, we also ought to love one another. 
Father, help us to be towards others what our Lord Jesus was for us. In his name we pray. Amen.